Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Oh, my goodness. If you're anything like me, you've been beside yourself. I lurk on Twitter. I don't post anything on Twitter, but I <clears throat> I follow Twitter and I get my news from Twitter. I just follow journalists and I and I love it. And oh my goodness, it came up that Liz Gunn was giving this interview with this uh, what whistleblower a, in, uh, under the pseudonym Winton Smith. Winston Smith. Winton Smith. Anyway, I listened to that agog. It took me a while. It took a while to get into the actual data. And to be honest, I think it's a bit odd because it's a very small set that we're talking about these particular areas and these particular vaccinators. So I thought that was odd. And I thought, but it's what a huge data set. I mean, this is this is gold. And then Steve Kirsch said he was coming out uh, at MIT with his analysis of the data. Oh, my goodness. It was like Christmas. And I watched him live and do his analysis, and I thought, what's all this going to mean? What's well, gone crazy? It's gone absolutely crazy. Uh, what's now happened is people were saying, oh, no, the data's sus. It's not quite right. And this poor um, Barry Young, we know his name is, he's had the cops turn up at his house. He's been arrested. My goodness, you can be a murderer, and you can wander around New Zealand, no trouble, rapist, no trouble, leak some health data um, because what's happening concerns you. Please turn up, arrest you. And then all the all these other people are coming in, oh, no, the data's not right, not right. Can't make sense of it. To join us, our favourite uh, COVID adverse event reporter, Kathy Jamieson, good morning. Good morning, Rodney. How are you doing? Do you know how much I like talking to you? <laughs> A lot. A lot. Because uh, people can't see your wonderful smile and your twinkle in your eyes, which is delightful. But also, you go interesting places. I want you to tell me, I've told everyone what I made of this. I'm excited still because I just think it's lifting the lid. And the fact that the Ministry of Health have gone full nuclear option and haven't actually said what this guy's done wrong exactly other than spread misinformation. Um, the data should be properly anima- animatized so you can't identify people and released and made public. No question. Should be released. Should be subject to the Official Information Act. Um, this is a government. Governments, governments shouldn't be keeping secrets without good reason. Mm. And if there's no reason to keep a secret, they shouldn't. But anyway, that's me. I want to know what you make of it. Tell me everything. Oh, well, I I haven't looked at the data myself. I've I've watched the interviews. Um, I've watched the interviews that Liz did with um this chap she's calling was Winston Smith. And they also did uh, an interview interview with a um, a pathologist from Australia, I think he is, which I watched, yes. and and then I watched Steve Kirsch's presentation, and then sort of sat back and watched the furore unfold. 
Um, and I and I didn't look at the data because there was so much sort of criticism about, um, you know, it was incomplete and it was this and it was that. But it was quite interesting this morning. Um, a few of those questions were um, answered on Reality Check Radio with Paul. Oh, yesterday, yes, with um, Paul Brennan. Yeah, and then again, and then after that too, you know, the discussion between Guy Hatchard and Alistair. Mm. So, so some of my questions I've got have been answered. Um, I mean, the original sort of criticism was around, it wasn't a complete data set. So, this Winston Smith himself, or Barry Young as he's called, um, he said himself, "This is this is a pay per dose um, system." but it is not the only system. Mm. Said it's the biggest, but it's not the only one. And it's the one he has access to. He yes. had access yeah, to. Yeah, the one that he was the sole database administrator for. So the big question there is, what's the demarcation line between that and the other systems? Mm. Because so, Steve Kirsch is saying that the pay-per-dose database is a random sample, very, very large sample of the total population that was dosed. But that's a big question, right? It is, yeah, because when you look at the presentations that have been done on it and then you'll these slides come up of the sites with the exception of one, which was a home and hospital, Tokopi or something like that, um, they've all been mobile sites. So even like the the two that were in the um, in the very first presentation was um, a, a medical centre in in Bacargill, but it was the it was the outreach. So mm. outreach is, you know, you go out into the community and give vaccinations. And La Hood's Pharmacy in Gore that was highlighted, it was the vaccinations given off-site, not the vaccinations and, given on-site. And these could be people at death's door. Well, you have to sort of ask the question, if it is um, slanted towards, um, you know, mobile, it's people mm. that, aren't going to come in for their mm. own vaccinations, which tends to be because they aren't as mobile themselves. Mm. It's interesting that that was that was the argument about there being bad batches, which were very small samples, and like you say, mobile units, odd sites where you might expect it. But Steve Kirsch himself, correct me if I'm wrong, he was concentrating on the data in total, not pulling out particular yeah. centres. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That seemed to be more sound. Well, that's what he said this morning, and it, that you just kind of look at um, the data in total because if you're starting to look at, you know, different batches and whatever, it's more complex and there's more nuance and you have to sort of, you have to do a more complex analysis of it. So I think, you know, he, he's... He's sensible when he says that. He's he's sort of talking about um, sort of one in a thousand 
vaccinations are causing death. And then he's sort of extrapolating out and saying if we've done 12 million, then that's 12,000 excess death. Now, if we go back to what you and I talked about months ago with John Gibson's analysis, if that sort of 60 excess deaths a week is carrying on, then, um, and, you know, for because he said that started in November of 2021, so that's sort of two years. And that's a big assumption, but just for argument's sake, let's say it has. That would have us at about 6,500 excess death, and I know mm. that, I know that one of the criticisms sort of levelled Steve's data is our excess death is not that high, is not as high as 12,000. However, it's funny, we do seem to have stopped arguing like we were, say, four or five months ago about whether there is excess death. Yes. It seems to be commonly accepted. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. It seems to be commonly accepted now that we have it. It's just a what we are debating is what's causing it and um and and how much is it here's a question for you you may know the answer to um where does the death data come from i understand that you have you're paying for the you're paying for the vaccination to be done you've got the date you've got the batch number you've got the where you've got the person i guess to allow for an audit you've got the person's health number, which may be able to work back through to their medical records. Do you understand how they've got the, the date of death or the death, the fact that they've died in this database? I don't know. I don't know for sure how they can, but um, it's certainly a question that everybody, you know, most people are asking, right, including myself. So, um I had a quick look at that, and it's publicly available from the MB website if you have a person's name. Sorry? Well, um, it's public. If you have a person's name. Like Rodney Hyde. You can search, apparently, and see if they're living or dead. Ah. So if you're a clever database administrator, I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he hasn't gone through and typed in. 2.2 no, no you just people's names yeah there might maybe there's a way of doing a query a yeah just querying the database how interesting so that's one possible answer to your question but i don't actually know but I know, that, I know that it is publicly available if you have the person's name and it has the date of their death um and sometimes it will even have the time but apparently that's less common and if you're still alive, they have your name there, but you're alive or do they just have deaths? I haven't actually looked myself. I have just been told. How amazing. Hmm. I, will, I, I did not know that. Well, we don't either know that. We've just been told that, and that would explain it, and you would have the date, and you've got the date of vaccination. And this, um, do we call him Winston Smith or do we call him? Barry Young. Well, I suppose we can call him Barry Young now. Um, now so that... ba Barry Young had been sitting on this and working on this database for months and months and months and months and months. He's obviously can handle a database because that's his job. 
So he obviously could do a query such as you suggest. I mean, he's got that ability, right? Clearly, that's his job. He's not like he's not like so. he's yeah. not like the guy that comes in and um, drops the milk off. He's a man that's familiar with extremely large databases and manipulating them clearly. Yeah. And about that, there can be no doubt, given the arrival of the police. Um, did you find it a bit odd? There's odd things too, and we're going to jump around a bit because we're, we're, the data itself is what we should be focusing on. But there's a whole lot of personalities and odd things in this. Did you find it a bit odd that he was interviewed under a f- fake name, fully in view? Yeah, it was a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. I, I did wonder if the person in view was an actor at one point, but um, he looked quite, he looked genuinely traumatised. and looked of, extremely troubled. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't, you know, I think as it's transpired, I, don't, I think um, we, you know, we were looking at the right guy, but, you know, all that's, yeah. So what do you do if you're working away on a database and you are doing the payment system and you're looking at this database and you see significant deaths occurring somehow or you get wondering and so you do the query that you suggested and you get that result such as has been presented to us. We don't know whether it's correct or not. But clearly, Barry Young believed it to be true. And he was clearly deeply troubled and deeply affected by it. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? Mm. Mm. And he may be quite possibly the only person that's ever looked at this database in this way. Mm. Mm. Steve Kerr said an interesting thing in one of his interviews or on Twitter where he said, no one can receive this information because to do so makes them culpable. So politicians and chief executives, once you've seen this, so he says they won't, they won't, receive his letters. They won't, because you can't deny that you've had the information presented to you. So it may well be, contrary to what I would have thought, that no one in an official capacity has done the simplest of things and looked at this. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm very light on detail at the minute because I only discovered this this morning. But so we we had the Independent Safety Monitoring Board, which you'll be familiar with, mm-hmm. and you know they were charged at, um, with with looking at at the harms from the vaccine and and you know any um, adverse event reports particularly all fatal reports were taken to the ISMB or they were supposed to be for review. Now they disbanded in June of 2022. Um, and at, 
it was sort of very briefly said that their function was going to transfer to, I think it was MedSafe. Um, may have been the Ministry of Health, but from memory, I think it was MedSafe. Now, I've just sort of stumbled across this, this National Mortality Review Committee this morning, and they are charged with minimising avoidable deaths, apparently. Um, so it's the Health, Quality and Safety Commission. Have you ever heard of them? No. No, me neither. They've got a Māori name too. Um, so it, it it looks like they're, they're sort of on the website. Their, their brief is, is fairly narrow. Um, they, they review and report on child and youth mortality, family violence deaths, perinatal and maternal mortality, perioperative mortality. What What's that? Do you know? No. Me neither. Maybe it's got something to do with operations. I don't know. And then suicide mortality. So, but I believe, because this is, you know, this is very much a work in progress for me, because as I say, I only found out about that this, this committee existed an hour and a half or so ago. But um, I believe that their scope has been widened. So the question I'd be asking is, are they looking at this issue and and with what sort of urgency and with what sort of public transparency? Indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, if they're charged with minimising avoidable deaths, you know, you'd, but you'd, isn't it? But isn't this isn't this part of the problem that? The, our government and our media and all those who are our betters telling us what to do and what to think, none of them have stopped and said there are two issues here. One is we've got a person who has breached privacy, breached his employment contract, released sensitive data. Mm. We need to deal with that. The second thing is he's making extraordinary claims on the basis of this data. Now, you'd separate the two things out logically, and you'd say, okay, we need to deal with this employment thing. Now, he's no threat to public safety. Now, to, to an extent, he's done his crime, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they had to pounce immediately like he's about to commit some other heinous act and they're clearly going to go fully nuclear on him and then they're at the same time busily reassuring us that there's nothing to see here mm, and mm. it's all misinformation Ocean. Yeah. now this is the bit where I think god am I so down rabbit holes that I look at that and I think now I'm terrified because yeah, I was reading about XSDS and all the rest of it. But here's a guy who purports to have data. Steve Kirsch has looked at it and says, yes, there's a problem. Other people are questioning the data, but they're not saying there's no problem. And then we have this political knee-jerk response from our new prime minister down and the director general of health. And they say, look, it's perfectly safe. Mm -hmm. Well, how can they be saying that because they haven't looked at the data that he's 
been looking at. Clearly, they haven't had time. I mean, this is this is well, they basic. have had time because it's their day. Oh, yes, they've had years, yes, <laughs> years, but they haven't had time since it went public, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they just say, look, there's nothing to see here. We're quite prepared to put this data on a public server. We'll anonymize it, and you can torture it to your heart's content. Well, um, exactly. It looks, you know, it, this is going to, I think, make a lot of people that were potentially not concerned before a bit concerned. Yes, I and concur. I I I think it's, I mean, I, I don't know much about the law at all, very little, but I would be really, really interested to hear um, a lawyer speak on the employ- the employment court and um, and how that would work in conjunction with you know now the police are involved mm. because I've had a little bit to do with um, supporting uh, cases in the employment court and uh, over the time of. Um, the mandates and it was always sort of tricky to get things like health and safety legislation considered because they would say that's not our jurisdiction and they're only concerned with matters of employment so stepping back a bit somebody like Wince, uh, Barry Young who's who is concerned there's a risk to public health and he may have some information that is in the best interests of the public to be public. He's got the option to, you know, raise the concerns with his superiors. But if he's not supported, yes, then because um, that all that whistleblower protection act, you know, protects a whistleblower as long as they go through. Certain steps and a certain process. So if you you find you're not supported, and and I don't know what he has done in that regard, but if if a person is not supported in that process, what option is left open to them? If they genuinely believe that in all good conscience they can't stay quiet, then I believe that there's a um. A, sort of a justification under mm-hmm. sort of the common law yeah. of the Crimes Act to sort of say, well, well... you would think so. And it's an interesting thing when you say genuinely believe because it doesn't actually have to be right necessarily. I, I mean, what 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 is your obligation if you're sitting there in an organisation? Let's take the extreme... Well, let's just take this exact example. He's sitting there on this data. He believes, he genuinely believes that it's causing people to die unnecessarily. He believes that's what his data shows. He might be right, he might be wrong, but he genuinely believes it. That vaccine is still being administered. So what do you do? What what do you do, first of all, in good conscience? Well, in good conscience, you've got to do something. 
also legally, I would suspect you've sort of got to do something. Now, when, as you say, when it comes to the whistleblowing legislation, there's a long and complicated process that you go through where you talk to your manager and all the rest of it. But he's got a potential defense to that because he can say the whole organization was nutty on everyone getting the jab. I knew as soon as I questioned it, I would be fired. And of course, the nutty response from the Director General and the police proves his point. He he couldn't have followed the whistleblower process if he'd tried. Mm. Mm. He's decided, I guess, I mean arguably, to do this in the best possible way. And as you and I are saying, the really peculiar thing is that there aren't more. Mm. Mm. And we haven't seen the analysis of the data pouring forth from the agencies that are supposed to be monitoring this to counteract it. There's been a deafening silence, right? Mm. I mean, that's odd, don't you think? Well, it it's troubling. It's not out of character. No. Is it? Because but haven't it, wanted to give us any information no. the entire way through. And this means that someone like Barry Young is right, if he thinks like he thinks, to be troubled and, mm. quote, paranoid. Mm. Because... His paranoia was well-founded, given events. Yeah. And, I mean, he is still asking, I think, genuine questions. Like, you know, he when he said, why so many deaths from mobile sites? You know, that seemed to me to be a – he was asking a genuine question. He wants to know. Yeah. Wants it to be investigated. Um, I mean – you know, and when you sort of try and answer that, you know, you try and sort of think about what that could be. I mean, the mobile sites are going to be have a higher vaccinating a higher proportion of the elderly and the frail. Um, you know, we know that this product is unstable if it's not stored properly. Um, there are these suggestions that the, you know, if the lipid nanoparticles aren't stored properly they can go on to deliver unsavoury outcomes. And you've got more sort of transport issues with the mobile sites. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, he, 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 I think, just really wants this to be investigated. I mean, interestingly, when we look back through um, the ISMB minutes, in 2021, they spent a number of um, meetings in through sort of June through to August, around the middle of the year, talking about um, the frail elderly. Um, and I think you can sort of see in there that they may have seen more deaths in the frail elderly post-vaccination than they were expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, somebody even 
questioned whether the mortality, they're talking about the frail elderly here, and whether the mortality rates of observed and expected were switched on the data set. Whoa. They wanted it to be the other way round. Um, and, you know, towards the end of their discussion, they, they, you know, started talking about, you know, perhaps it's important to have a... Um, a risk benefit analysis done on you know on on the frail elderly the individual risk benefit analysis and you know um they the risks need to be talked about with the elderly and their families now this is by who the ISMB the independent safety monitoring board and when uh july sort of around mid 2021 so they so right before the rollout um to the to the wider population so remember they did the the sort of the border workers under mandate um and then they sort of offered it to the healthcare workers um and then the the pregnant and elderly people first and then it opened up in sort of august september of 2021 pretty much to everybody else so around the time that they're discussing this it, it's sort of as they are vaccinating the the frail elderly so you got this information under an official information act request someone did yeah i just found it on fyi on the site isn't that alarming? So they say, you know, the vaccine's been given to a large number of people in rest homes and hospital-level care, and deaths in older individuals are likely to be due to comorbidities rather than the vaccine, okay? But they'd already said sort of back in June that um, they need to be careful about attributing death to natural causes in the frail elderly, um, and that it's possible that an immunological response to any vaccination could be a physiological stressor that in the frail elderly could result in death. They they discussed this back in June. Um, and, and then read that bit to me again where they think the data's back to front. Uh, um Oh, so there was a question, this is from somebody on the committee, whether mortality rates of observed and expected were switched on the data set. Jeepers. Um, yeah. And then, made the, so they do this thing called um, is it rapid cycle analysis, I think. Um, which is sort of a, a tool to kind of see if there's an effect. And and so they must have been seeing more deaths than they were expecting, is I think what we can take from these minutes. So somebody, some genius, made the comment that was it worth reducing the rapid cycle analysis from um, to two to three days from one week to see if they could get a different outcome? Oh, my goodness. So they're not going to get a different, you know, they're just not going to save people's lives. It's just going to make it look better. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, they, they, they 
I think we can read in these minutes that they um they troubled. They were troubled by what they were seeing happening in the frail elderly. So I am I'm I'm very interested if we get back to what hasn't been said yet. I've actually asked Steve Kirsch this question via Twitter is you know what this this is you know the biggest um paper dose system payment system but it's not the only one what does it cover because it would be really good to know for example does this cover um mobile sites does it cover vaccination centers and pop-up vaccination centers and perhaps is there another system that covers um uh, primary care providers and hospitals, because that would make sense, right? They probably had that infrastructure already. Mm. Mm. But, and maybe their existing paper dose systems that doctors used and hospitals used, places that were always giving vaccinations, maybe that couldn't extend to the sort to the sort of um, capacity mm. Mm. it was going to have to deal with when they were doing a mass vaccination of the population. So perhaps they then had to build another system that would cover all of these other sites that were unusual and different and 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 unique to COVID vaccination. So that's that's at this point. That's sort of my hypothesis that I'm kind of working on, but it is just a hypothesis. But it's a really important question because we need to know sort of the it doesn't explain, doesn't that doesn't explain though, does it, why they're saying, you know, it it it's only got it doesn't have like dose one, dose two, dose three for the same person. Yes. It got, so my hypothesis doesn't explain that. So it's still very much a working hypothesis. Yeah. It, it from a bigger picture point of view, it comes at a very good time. Yeah, because in the bigger picture, right now, in the next few days, the coalition, the new government that we have, has to make a decision about their inquiry. Do they? Like, so yes. what's what's so why do they need to do that? Because they've all said that they'd widen the terms of the inquiry. So they've got to make a decision about do they take the existing commissioners, the existing world commission that's been set up, and add a few things to the terms of reference. Or so have, what's the time cons what's what's causing the time constraint? Oh just I guess just before Christmas, get it going. Yeah. Or do they fire the Royal Commission and start a new one? Which would be I think logically what you do, because this has been a handpicked Royal Commission from the previous government. Mm. But more importantly, it puts on the agenda of the inquiry the very questions that you're asking and posing. They can't now ignore the Barry Young release. Mm. And what I find so remarkable about it is we don't see the Ministry of Health Chief Executive, I guess that's who it was talking, we don't see her saying, oh, yes, we've been right through that data. 
We're doing it on a daily basis. And it shows they're safe and effective. Yeah, Te Whatu Ora's chief, chief executive, she is. Health New Zealand. Yeah. But she's not saying that, right? She's saying, oh, no, the vaccines are safe and effective. It's like some, you know, religious belief that if you keep saying it, it'll yeah. come true. Yeah. And this is what they've been saying. It's going back right back to the Pfizer trials. She's not saying, of course, we've analysed this data. Because mm. I think you and I suspect that if they have, it's not good because they would have released it. Or they're so scared to that they've shut it all down and aren't looking at it. And this is what got Barry Young enough. I mean, however you look at it, this stuff has to go on now and be questioned by the inquiry. Mm. You can't mm. have an inquiry going along and ignore Barry Young mm. or Liz Gunn or Steve Kirsch. Because he's going to say that doesn't work for yeah. me. And if they look, they will see that something is up. Yes. It might it might not be to quite the extent that um, Steve Kirsch is saying, 12,000 deaths, excess deaths. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, th- there's definitely something causing New Zealanders to die in excess. Mm. And, you know, this is clearly... Um, one of the major suspects, so mm. it needs to be investigated. Look, one of the things that was was interesting about um, what he said um, was he talked about this sort of five or six month lag that he'd observed. Steve Kirsch, uh, I think I think it was Barry. Barry Young. Okay. Steve, yes. Kirsch, Steve Kirsch may have referred to it too. Yes, and um, the. the Many moons ago, um, must have been sort of about sort of second quarter of um, maybe twenty twenty two. There's a there's a, a American woman. Um, her Twitter handle's Texas Lindsay, and she oh was, yes yes she's she was great. Doing, she was doing these videos of different countries, and she'd sort of they'd they'd pan through the um, the vaccination doses. And then they would, and then her video would sort of pan through. Um, oh, sort of on a great in a graphical representation, the video would show you the the vaccin- vaccination doses, the numbers on the graph over time, and yep. then you would see the excess mortality. And it was done through our world and data um, using that as a tool. And then she yep. would overlay the two on the same graph. So different y-axis, but you could see I, I I've got it saved on my desktop, and I call it Twin Peaks because <laughs> you can see there's this there's these two M's, and you can you can see people dying in excess in New Zealand in 2022 in the same pattern as they were vaccinated in 2021. So mm. around sort of August, there's this great big peak and then it dipped down and then it must have gone up again around sort of super stupid Saturday. So you see this M effect. Yeah. Now, fast forward five or six months to February, March, different axis, but you see the same M in the excess deaths. And so that was sort of, for me, the first 
I'd heard people talk about this lag overseas, but that was the first time I think you could potentially see that effect in New Zealand. And, of course, with this data, they will have not the total response. They will have the individual response. Mm. Vaccinated day Mm. X, died day Y. Oh, my goodness. So and and he you know with, uh, Barry Young is saying there's a I think he said six months but it was five or six months effect. Um, I um when I was a member I, it's, I don't know if this is relevant but I don't like talking when I'm interviewing but this is just interesting. Uh, I was many years an MP and I became a famous person to leak to. And I realized that there were certain rules. One was I never disclosed my sources, so everyone was always safe. I went out of my way to protect my sources. And I always used to, once I'd worked out that it was bona fide, is that the word? That it was kosher, it was okay. And so, man, every week I was being leaked stuff. One famous time I got a whole, C back in the day, CD-ROM off a treasury computer of all their forecasts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Chief executives and ministers would go absolutely bonkers. Every time I got a good leak, they would call for a big inquiry and spend $150,000 trying to catch the leaker, which they invariably didn't. Although in one famous case, they did, and he was summarily fired, but happily so. And he was leaking to me about the financials on Kiwi Bank. And all of that, never were the police involved. Only once was there an injunction. So I'm talking dozens and dozens and dozens of high-level leaks at front-page news and TV news. Only once was there an injunction, and that concerned that was Kiwi Bank took the injunction to stop what they thought was commercial information being released, which had been leaked to me. So it wasn't the government. It was actually like a commercial bank owned by the government. Now, I have never, ever seen a reaction like this. Mm. You could say that this is more significant in one sense that it potentially involves leaking Rodney Hyde's and Kathy Jamieson's vaccine status, right? Or, 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 you know, there's personal information in there. But, like, I was thinking about this. And if if somebody sort of corners you in a dark alley and says, I've got a weapon here and <laughs> I'm going to use it on you and you've got a one in a thousand chance of being killed um, – or a one in, say, 500 chance of having a severe adverse event, or I'm going to leak your anonymized health data. (laughs) What's your choice? What what would you pick? (laughs) 
it's you a know? great way of looking at it. But you see, I've never seen a response like this ever, 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 ever. Not, not even close. Because what? Back in the day, they were smarter, and they knew while they were privately. God, I've had, I had a chief executive, secretary of the treasury, literally going spastic, and I, I shouldn't use that word, but like arms and legs and yelling and jumping up and down in a hallway um, in the beehive beside himself over me knowing what was going on in the treasury before his minister did. Now, they were angry. Trust me, ministers were furious with me. They'd be abusing me. Nothing like this. Mm. Mm. This this is next level. And the response is peculiar. Because the responses are misinformation, feeding conspiracy oh. theories. Right. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. To, yeah, so it was on the so when it was on the news, it was that a Tafatu or an employee has leaked health data to spread misinformation online. And if you hear that, even if you're sort of not aware of, you know, or if you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the dangers, of, why would anybody stick their neck out like that? Yes. Spread misinformation. If you're going to take the risk that comes with doing it, you have got you're not doing it for mischief. No. You know, so so that was a nonsense statement. And the man who read it out on the television should add it to the list of things he should be ashamed of. Yes. Because um, the missing Misinformation isn't a crime yet. Well, no, that's sort of not the that's sort of not the point because you know presumably leaking health data is. But, is the point? But you know, can it be just? Is there a you know? It's sort of like you're walking and to use another analogy, you know, you're walking through the city and you see a young child come, you know, it's, it's separated from its mother and it's about to run in front of a bus. So you grab this child by, you know, in an, using your instinct by the hair and pull it back and you dislocate its neck or do something, you know, you've injured that child, you know, that, that's a crime presumably. Mm. But it's justification because it was an instinctive thing to save its life. And this is the point about our Barry Young. Yeah. Do we know his status at the moment? Employment status? No, his whether he's free to wander this earth at the moment. Uh, no, I don't know that. I've been too busy trying to sort of find out about um, other, th other things in relation to his, uh, you know, into his, so I don't know. I don't know. It's all gone very quiet. It's um, where would you suggest people go that are listening to us try and make sense of this? Where should they go to get the best summary information about what Barry Young's released? 
Um, it's all a bit. Um, so Igor Chudov, is it? Her on Twitter. He's yes. he's a journalist. So he he writes he writes well. He does a Substack. Because um, oh, he's super critical of the data, right? Well, he was he was, but he is, his Substack today was. Um, so he's he's like all of us. It's like okay, all right. Now, now we've got more. So, so there were some some sort of glaring omissions in the in the in the first unveiling of it all. You know, oh. the question like it's okay. You know, it's not a complete data set, but so what? Why is it not? And so, um, as you say, it hasn't been sort of. It's been sort of prepared a little bit on the fly and on the hoof, I suppose. So the information's kind of rolling out um, over time, and and Igor was a lot more like he, he did a Substack this morning saying, "I believe this guy's genuine," and now I have more information as to why it's only a partial data set. Um, so yeah, it's hard to to answer that at RCR probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to RCR. Yeah. You're you're going to have the key players' commentary as it unfolds. Well, this is good. So this is a very good analysis to go and see. It's Igor Chudov, I G O R. That's his first name, Igor. Um, Chudov, Chudov, C-H-U-D-O-V, and if you Google that in Substack, Google will take it to you. And he's got two newsletters that he's put out that you can access. One is I analysed the leaked New Zealand whistleblower data and suggest to be wary of it. Uh, that was on December the 3rd. And then he's done an update, uh, New Zealand whistleblower, and what he's doing here is he's spoken to Steve Kirsch uh, he's had his questions answered, and now he's saying hmm, there might be something in this. And he's hoping that this data um, will yield useful information. And um, he said at this point, I believe that Barry Young was more likely to be sincere than insincere in his intentions and actions. This clarification is vital since I question the sincerity of the person who possibly risked his life to disclose data. Isn't this amazing that New Zealand has sort of become the epicenter of this work and this analysis and what's happening to Mr. Barry Young? Mm. It really I is. I mean, he, he might be well-named as Winston Smith. Isn't mm. that the character in, um, is it Brave New World? Um, 1984. He's mm. the character in 1984. Oh, my goodness. So if I go shut off, so I expected this to happen. Steve Kirsch did his analysis, experts weigh in, yeah, 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 question, 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 question. I expected Steve Kirsch to start backing off. He's a smart man, got a reputation to protect. He doubled down. He says, no, 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 this is good. And it's actually the experts who are, when I say experts, people are experts, you know, people we follow, are now saying, hang on, now that I've spoken to Steve, now that I've seen this data, oh, I'm starting, there may be something here. Mm. And, of course, Igor is putting a lot of weight on the fact that poor old Barry Young's been arrested. 
Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The eyes of the eyes of certain parts of the world are definitely on little old New Zealand. Um they definitely are. Okay, Kathy. Well, thank you for that update. Uh, that's where you can go, ladies and gentlemen, to get a quick overview. It's extraordinary. We know that this data is in databases all around the world held by governments. None of it's being released. They're still relying on trial data from Pfizer. Unbelievable. Uh, we have people like um, Kathy here, who's very, very good at seeing patterns and analyzing data and going through. Sorry. I do have some more patterns if you have got a little bit more time. You, when oh. you say that, I just sit back inside. Tell me. Well, this, uh, well, one, a couple more points, one more pattern. Um, so he talked about the six month lag, which we've discussed, but he also talked about sort of this, these regionals, this regional effect. And where he sort of said that he went through these sites, two in Auckland, two in Wellington. I think there was one in Matamata, and then you sort of, but they were primarily in the South Island. So when he did his presentation, I think that these are the these are the top his top twenty sites um, for deaths. Um, the the mortality rate after the vaccine. So there were, there was about ten in Christchurch, couple in Ashburton, Geraldine, Dunedin, Gore, and Invercargill. Now my ears pricked up because in the in the sort of analysis that I've been doing, I've been saying to people, "Have you noticed an effect in the South Island? Possibly more injuries in the South Island because." I didn't have anything concrete, but I was just getting a sense. And um, I know that certainly, um, you know, in the the funeral business, there's definitely regional differences. Mm. Um, and... So, like, for example, apparently um, in Palmerston North, which interestingly wasn't mentioned in, in Barry Young's analysis, but that deaths are up there about 25% according to the data that Internal Affairs releases, which goes to Stats New Zealand, but it also goes to the funeral directors. And you know there are funeral directors that in 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 that area that would do sort of three fifty to four hundred funerals a year that are sort of doing in the realm of three hundred in six months. Um, they're all having record years. So what I haven't done yet, but what I'm wanting to do is have a look and see if there were mobile sites in. Palmerston North, because if there's not a lot of mobile sites servicing Palmerston North, as opposed to other parts of the country, that might explain why Palmerston North's been left off. What? Because he didn't have the data for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going on because we don't have enough information. But some pieces are starting to sort of start to well, fit together from multiple sources. Well, again, it couldn't have come at a more opportune time because this government's got to decide. Well, do we open this up and point the finger, or do we try and shut it down and become culpable? And, of course, Winston Peters, he's made a big play on all of this, so he's got to stick up for a proper inquiry yeah. into this. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard. Yeah. We, we ha you know, this isn't going to go away. Oh, my goodness. So, and then the other thing was he said, you know, Liz Gunn asked him, you know, so is this just Pfizer? And he said, well, we have Pfizer and Moderna in New Zealand. And I thought, well, no, we don't. No, we don't. Um, and I just thought, oh, he's just made a mistake because we have primarily Pfizer um, and we have, a, we had, don't believe we do anymore, a small portion of AstraZeneca and then we got Novavax. But then he went on to say, you know, we have 119 batches, different batches. And I thought, well, when I've looked and I've gathered together as much as I can, um, I've come up with about 80 Pfizer batches over the three, um, the sort of the age groups, the infant, the paediatric and the adult. And I, I don't sort of take a lot of notice of the AstraZeneca and Novavax batches because um there won't be enough of them for, for me to use in my work. But 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 the difference between 119 and 80 is nearly 40. So so I thought, well, maybe we do have Moderna. And I looked. And in June of 2022, um they gave provisional consent to Moderna. And there's a product detail for it. And there was even an amendment made in um, early 2023 to the documentation. Now, that's the first I've ever heard of it. Now, just because we've got that sort of regulatory material doesn't mean we actually have the physical product. Yes. And, you know, um, just because a, a, a vaccine's provisionally approved, they need to... Um, cabinet need to sort of approve approve it and back in 2021 we were sort of getting much pomp and ceremony and fanfare about cabinet approval of COVID vaccines and we haven't heard anything about cabinet approval of Moderna but there's been some quiet work going on in the background for a well, quite as far as I'm concerned, because I haven't heard about it, and I tend to keep my ear pretty close to the ground. And um, so I don't know if we if we have any and if we've been using it, but I just thought that that was interesting in light of him saying we have Pfizer mm -hmm. and we have Moderna and also talking about 119 batches when that's significantly more than I thought we had. So I've got some questions there too. Great. Well, there we are, Kathy Jameson, our data nerd, wonderful, wonderful smile, beautiful eyes, twinkling, full of fun. 
one of my favorite people to interview and able to spot these patterns caller you're going to have to stay near your phone because there's going to be more coming and we need your insight to be explaining this you're on rally check radio real talk with rodney hyde and we've been talking about this release of data by barry young and his arrest and what this data means well Stand by, because this is what they would say in the legacy media, a breaking story. More to come. Oh, we're going to find out so much. And in the meantime, can all of us that pray, pray for Barry and his family? And of all of us that don't pray, have him in your thoughts. Because he is going through a very, very, very tough time. The entire weight of government just fell on top of him. And I'm sure he would have known that it would be bad should he release this data. He wouldn't have been unmindful of the consequences. He would think I'll probably lose my job. I don't think in his darkest moments he could imagine what has happened. I certainly couldn't. We're living in a totalitarian age where to tell the truth is to be arrested, where to provide data that suggests something could be dangerous that's being doubted is to be arrested. They don't deal with the argument, they deal with the people. Oh my goodness. Send me a text, 2057, email me inbox at radleycheck.radio. Thank you so much for having me in your home and for listening. If you've been told to pull up your socks recently, then make sure it's a pair of RCR socks. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash shop.